Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. All right, so what we've been talking about over the last two weeks at Student Life is lenses. And so one thing that kind of went to my mind immediately was the lens by which I see the world is not the same as what Pastor Stephen sees in the world. And so what his, his family, his culture, uh, his, his friends, his church, uh, student life, all those things has shaped how he sees the world in his, in his relationship with Christ. And from my standpoint, I have the same type of stuff, but they're probably totally different on how he sees the world. I think he's seen a lot more of God's movings, right? And especially when he said thousands and thousands or hundreds of thousands of people being saved every day, I have not seen that in my lifetime. And so it's amazing to me that he's seen that. He's seen God moving. And you know, if, if we're in that moment, how easy it would be to run with that. I mean, I'd be like, okay, where are we going next? Where are we going? Are we going to some town or are we going to build something? I'd be all over. We don't necessarily do that here in the States, right? We don't have that, that go. And so I've, I've got him later on in the message as far as the piece that I want to, what he has said in the past that really got me going, um, but I don't want to jump to it quite yet. And so we're going to be going over lenses, I need my glasses, and, and kind of how uh, the world shapes us as well. And so kind of what we allow into our lives uh, from the world lens and then from a biblical lens, and I want to call it a kingdom lens um, that I would like to have, that I want to take into the world. And so I, I want to follow Jesus Christ, and the closer I can get to that kingdom lens on how I see the world, the closer I'm going to get to move into Christ. And so I'm going to give a, just a quick example. And this is, this is not to feel bad about where I'm at. It's, you know, I woke up this morning um, and actually some last night, and, you know, I heard the world telling me that you're not worthy, you know, to be up here today. And that was yesterday too, right? You're, you're not worthy. And I know that's not from God because I know when I first got the assignment to do a message today, I mean, I felt invigorated. I felt the Spirit kind of fill in, right? And saying, here's what you should talk about. It's all those things. It's a rush. And I know that in those moments, I'm supposed to speak. Otherwise, if I've given him, if he gives me a message and he's seen this, if I don't get that invigorating feeling, I'm probably not going to because I don't feel like I'm supposed to. And so I try to follow the Spirit's leading um, in that. But I heard, you know, from the, from the world side saying, you're not worthy, but God has already told me I'm worthy. And so apparently I'm letting too much stuff, I'm spending too much time on this world stuff coming in, right? And it's what I'm exposing myself to. And it could be my phone, whatever on my phone I'm exposing myself to. It could be TV, it could be things on the internet or anything like that, kind of that I'm getting exposed to. And so I have to be careful about what's coming into my life so that I can shed that worldly stuff. And that's what I had to do this morning, but I want it to be way easier to shed than what it had to be this morning. 
And one, one thing with the lens that we have is if the world lens comes into play, there's going to be a, wide, a big difference in how we respond to people or in circumstances, right? It could be a, a good response or a bad response in our words and actions. And so if I feel uh, someone cuts me off driving or something, I might have a bad response because of that, depending on where I'm at and where my lens is at and where my focus is at. Versus a good response on how maybe Jesus Christ would have responded in that moment. And I, and I think a, a big piece of this is, um, is that left, I'm calling it the left because it's the left side of the lens over there. But that left side, the world side, that world lens that tells me whether I'm good enough, it constantly changes. You're never going to be good enough according to the world because it's going to constantly change and tell you, well, this is what I need you to be, you need you to be today. Tomorrow's going to be different, but today I need you to be this person. Versus the biblical side, when you look at Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord and I do not change. And so while everything around us is changing, everything around us, we can depend on God to continually be the same, that he is always going to be there for me. He's going to always be there for you. And so any of the lies that come in and tell you you're not good enough and you're feeling that, that leading, don't believe it because it's the world coming in. And so we've got to guard ourselves against what's coming in. And, and a lot of these things that I spend my time on um, that I probably shouldn't is, you know, I... It's YouTube, or it could be Facebook, or it could be the news, just general political news all the time. But if it's all the time filling you, of course it's going to shift your kingdom lens. How can it not shift that? Versus if you're spending a lot of your time in the Bible and understanding where God comes from. And I'm not here to say that all TV and all, everything on the phone is bad. I'm not saying that all. What I'm telling you guys is to, and myself as well, is to understand what you're spending your time on and what the impact is. And so there's a thing called the Tetris effect. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of this, and I just, I just ran across this like last week. And so what the Tetris effect is, it occurs when people devote so much time and attention to an activity that, that it begins to pattern their thoughts, mental in- images, and dreams and it takes its name from the game Tetris. So raise your hand if you've played Tetris before. Come on. I know there's nerds out. Th- oh, yeah. There's a lot of nerds in here. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised by how many, but yeah. I'm the same way. I played it too. And so apparently there's a group of nerds too that played it nonstop. Like say if they played it nonstop for eight hours a day just trying to win this thing. They would go out into the world. They would go out into Morton or say Chicago is even better. If you're driving through those buildings in Chicago... They're starting to place these shapes together, right? They're like, okay, that shape is a straight line. Then I got a fat building here. That would go there. And all of a sudden, everything they look at is shaped by Tetris, right? They go into a grocery store. They're seeing all these boxes. They're, they're, they're shaping that. I mean, conceivably, if you're a big Candy Crush fan, you could go into the fruits and vegetables area in Kroger and be, uh, be like, oh, yeah, look at all those. They're all together. And so <laughs> the one thing that... The one thing that caught me the most, I think, with that, though, with this, uh, with this Tetris effect, was that it said that the last thing you look at 
at night before you go to bed impressions on your mind the most of anything in general the most of anything you've had all day and so what I took from that is moral of the story is if I'm praying and fall asleep that's probably a good thing but you want Jesus to be your last thing Jesus God to be the last thing you think about before you go to bed. That's kind of what I took from it. It impressions on you, that last image. And so depending on what you're looking at, if you're on your phone going into bed, whatever that is, that's the impression you're going to get on your mind. So anyway, but I think for the most part, when we talk about impressions, I think what we want the most is that kingdom-minded lens that reshapes how we see things to how God would see them. So I can go out in the community and understand why I see something. And so if, say if I'm in Kroger or I'm just walking down the street and I see see somebody that all of a sudden I feel that nudge from God that, hey, that person needs talked to, that person needs prayed for. You know, and I'm nervous about that. I don't necessarily want to do that. It's just something in me, right? Because I think they're going to punch me or something. But that's not the case and it's never the case. But going up to that person and understanding that, seeing how God sees them, right? And so it's just like the, the woman at the well, you know, the woman that wanted to be stoned, or you have these, these blind beggars, or a beggar in general. I want to see them like God loves them and say, he is loved. Why do I judge? That person is loved I need to love them the best way I can. I need to love them the way God would love them. And I need to understand that. I need to be in the Bible to understand how God loved. And I follow follow Jesus Christ as far as what he did and try to follow his, his example. And so our kingdom land should be that of the Holy Spirit. It should be that of Jesus' death and resurrection. It should be that of the gospel. It should be that of God's love. That's what we drive for. And so when we let any of the world stuff creep in, that's what we've got to be very, very guardful of and watch out for. So there's uh, Philippians 4.8. And so in Philippians, Paul is writing to the Christians in Philippi, and it is a letter of joy that he's had in his Christian life. And so Paul, Paul is in, in jail at this time, but he's talking about joy. Joy and where he's at. And I, and I love, I'm not going to jump into that verse quite yet. I got a different verse I'm looking at. But he talks about, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. So many times I get pulled to the world side and the world says, this is what success looks like. Or this is how you need to be. And I get drawn to that. It's weakness in me is what it is. I get drawn to that. But now I see it for what it is. I know it's not true. What it's offering is not true. The only thing that's going to offer me hope and joy is my kingdom lens. That's where I have to put my focus. And it's still... It's still hard. But 2,000 years ago, roughly, Paul wrote this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, 
If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. He wants us to reprogram our minds to these things. Paul said these things are, is what's going to move you towards the walk with Jesus Christ the most. This is how we guard our hearts against what the world would have to offer. And I totally appreciate Pastor Stevens being here today because it was about eight years ago. And so we're talking about reshaping my lens, my kingdom lens. Kind of figured, well, yeah, I'm probably good. You know, I, I, I understand the Bible. I'm, I'm probably good. He made a comment like eight years ago. It might have been ten years ago that made me pause and say, my, my lens is like this big. You know, his is bigger, but even his is super small to what the kingdom lens is as far as what it is. But I, need, I needed to know more. His simple statement was, in India, there's miracles happening all the time. And he mentioned it again today where he's saying there's this many people being baptized and saved all the time. We don't see that. My lens must be super small as far as that kingdom lens. I want to see it all. I know in my lifetime I'm probably not going to be able to see it all. But I want to see how God is interacting in and around me. And in that statement, I went and searched it out biblically. But I searched it out. There's got to be more. And I want that. How do I get more of that? In one sentence. I couldn't tell you what you said in the whole thing. I mean, I, may, I might have been writing my grocery list at the time. I don't know. But that moment, I was like, I'm grabbing that and I'm running with it. In that moment... I did. I ran. And so the, the moral of that story is when you hear something like that and you feel that draw to it, don't shed it. Because if we don't do anything with it in two days, it's gone. It's out of our minds. We have to do something with it today if we hear something that moves us. And that's what God wants. He's like, man, I am ready to partner with you on whatever you want. Let's go. He's ready to go. And so it's up to you guys to want to do that. And so, what if, right? What if all of us did that? Chase the kingdom, the kingdom lens. What would that do to our communities? Right? It would actually, it would just transform the communities we're in. Uh, if we could see how Jesus saw everybody. It would transform us. People would see us as different, but it absolutely transform us. And so I want to I chase these things. And, and that's why Paul chased these things. He chased them from prison. Because everything else, everything else was rubbish. If we go to uh, how we do this. And so I, I think the first piece of this is that we need to know ourselves. Right? And so... All of us think we, we might think that we have a pretty good lens. But I'm here to say that we're, you're probably not as good as you think you are. I'm not either. Right? We, we have work to do in, in how we filter things that we see, how, are, how we respond to the world. But if we do that, that starts to change things slowly, little bit. But those little changes end up being massive. 
because it filters out from person to person. It'll end up in India somehow. If we look at Scripture, we want to verify it against God's truth is absolute. So again, this is how we're testing ourselves with what we're watching or how we're feeding ourselves. God's truth is absolute. In Psalm 139, 23 through 24, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. And then you look at the next one. It's secular worldview. Feelings replace truth. But we as in a... um, Christian view, speak grace and truth. In a secular worldview, we, they glorify themselves, but we as Christian, we glorify God. And again, all, our responses are always guided by love, as in Matthew 22, 37, 38. So we're going to transition to communion, but when we think about these things, Take this to your communion heart as far as is there something in me um, that's shaping me that shouldn't be part of it. And try to discern that. And if, you, and if you, there is something there, don't wait. Do something quickly in the next couple of days before it's, before it's lost. I'm going to pray real quick. Um, I'm going to invite the servers to come on up while I pray.